morning, Coastal. How's everybody doing? So occasionally they let me speak. I know beyond the MC moment, you get a little more time with me today. Um, you know, I, watching that video, I heard some of you guys singing, so I expect to see some of you out for the worship night auditions. So make sure y'all are here. Hey, uh, before we get started today, I just want to make sure I take an opportunity to recognize people and individuals that have been instrumental in my life and my family's life, starting with TJ and Shayla, our senior pastors. <clears throat> um, it was about a year ago that TJ pulled me aside and he said, hey, you know you have a calling on your life. You know you're supposed to be with people, helping people, guiding people. And here's what I would tell you. If you don't have people in your life that are calling out what they see in you, you need to find those people. And look around because they're probably right here with you today. So make sure you're taking an opportunity to get to know someone. Last week, Susie spoke about mentors, another great way to do it. Um, and our famous line for mentors is find someone who's not impressed with you because they're not gonna be afraid to speak into your life. It's so important. Uh, the other people that I have to honor are my family. Um, you guys should know some of them. Um, before we came out here to Lighthouse Point, I pulled our whole family together and you can see there's a lot of them. And uh, I said, hey guys, this is, this, is what, this is what God is calling us to do, but I don't wanna start this journey without every single one of you. And undoubtedly, every single one of them, including my wife, she has a little bit more pull, but uh, they all agreed to be here. And I just, I couldn't be here without them. So they're, they're amazing. Real quick, there'll be a test on their names later. It's Isaiah, Caleb, Hannah, Noah, Jacob, Abigail, and Sarah. Um, Isaiah was playing guitar right back here this morning. Caleb was actually on drums today. Noah's back there on computers. I go back there and I get a headache. If you look back there at all that tech stuff. Ooh, it's crazy. Uh, Jacob also back there. Abigail is singing in youth now. Guys, if you are in youth and you're not coming out, if you've got kids 6th through 12th grade, every other Thursday right over here, you got to come hang out. Yes. And Hannah loves to work with kids. And Sarah, Sarah was born in Texas. that enough? that enough said? Okay. All right. We blame Sarah on Texas. She's incredibly friendly, um, loves to greet people, loves to work with kids, and she is dying to serve. And this will be the first year she gets to serve. So she's, she's pretty fired up. Um, if you guys heard me talk back in February, I think it was, I, I spoke about being intentional. Sharon and I last year and this year, it, we keep getting the same word and it's in being intentional with everything we do. Intentionally parenting, intentionally being involved with each other, intentionally reading the word. Um, and I found myself a couple years ago, I got into this rut where, listen, guys are checklist shoppers, right? We just need the list. I don't need to look at every aisle, just give me the list and we check it off. And I found myself, even in my prayer life and my Bible time, and just be like, check, did it, did it, did it. There was no intentionality behind it. So Sharon and I have gotten really, really intentional with reading the word. Last year we did the New Testament. And when you're intentional with it, something else happens. You start to dig a little bit deep. What did he say? You know, we were just, this year we're doing the whole Bible. And one of my stories that it, it's still one of my favorite stories is in first Kings 22. And it's, it's, I'm not going to go into that story today, but anyway, we were reading in numbers and the same stories accounted again. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's the same story. And she was like, yeah, it is the exact same story accounted for twice, but you learn things and you learn what's important when you intentionally study the word. So I really encourage you all, if you're not using the Bible app, download this thing. If you've got kids, Download this thing. It's how, it's how we hold them accountable on their phones. We're like, hey, if you can't stay up with the Bible on your phone, you don't need a phone. So uh, anyway, I would encourage you all, if you're not doing that, it is a great way to stay in the word and stay connected. Well, I'm gonna tell you what my hope is for you today, and then we're gonna pray. 
My hope for you today is that I can help you experience freedom, find focus, and persevere in the great race that we're called to as Christians. So I'd like to pray real quick before we read the word. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much just for this weekend and being here together, God, for time sacrificed. God, we thank you for our freedom that we're celebrating this weekend. We thank you for everyone who has chosen to be here and spend time with you, God. Lord, I pray that I would not be immovable. I pray that you'd help me get out of the way and that they would be your words that are spoken today, not mine. I pray that our hearts would be prepared for what I believe is a message for many folks here. It's in your name we pray, amen. So y'all saw I have seven kids and my three oldest kids are all driving. That should scare you. Nobody gasped, but you should be gasping right now. Um, and driving has really been, man, it's been a part of, it's like, can I drive? Can I drive? Can I drive? Some of them are like, I don't want to drive because Florida people drive crazy. Um, but it's like, I mean, all the things you say, you're looking in the rear of your mirror too much. You're not looking at your speed limit. Watch your lane. Watch your speed. Did you see the rear view? There's a car coming. There's somebody crossing. The road. There is so many distractions in life when you're driving. And trying to keep my kids focused has been kind of a challenge when it comes to driving a car. I, I would dare tell you that um, there's a reason why a car is designed the way it is. And we'll talk about that through the message today. But um, I think in life, we experience the same thing. So we're going to read from Hebrews this morning. We're going to read about the great race in Hebrews 12, one, if y'all want to turn there with me. Paul says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders in the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race uh, marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So one of the first things that I had to do with my kids with driving was to get rid of distractions. Now, a couple of weeks ago, TJ posted one of my favorite pictures during a message. It was the bobbling CDs with a CD in his mouth and he's juggling, trying to figure out what we're gonna listen to. Well, today it's not, I'd like to say that's easy, but today it's like one little device that has a million distractions. Yeah. Text messages, I'm gonna miss one, but I'm gonna say as many as I can think of. Text messages, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. And then within each one of those, there's reels and videos and there's just so much stuff going on. Every single one of them had their own messenger program. So it's not just text messages, it's TikTok messages and Snapchat. There's so many distractions in the car um, that it's been like a major topic of discussion. I would dare say that one of my kids was involved in an accident because of a distracted device, but I won't say Isaiah's name. I mean, I won't say his name. Um, so he's not, he doesn't feel singled out, but it is really, it is really a distraction in life. And I think, I think our race requires the same removal of distraction. And I call this freedom is fundamental. You have to have freedom. Paul tells us in the first part of that, let us throw off everything that hinders in the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out before us. Our race requires freedom. We have to have freedom in our life. And the first thing we have to have freedom from is our past. And the way I like to say it is we have to put the past in its place. So y'all get to say that with me on the count of three because I wanna know it sank in. One, two, three, we have to put the past in its place. You know, I think that, you know, one of the hardest things to do as a Christian, even though we've been forgiven, this stuff just creeps up. It's like, oh, I'm not worthy because I remember I cheated. I remember I 
you know, I sinned, I did this, I, I was scorned my wife. I don't even know if scorn's the good word there, right? I was hard on my wife, I was hard on my kids. I was an addict before, and man, this stuff just creeps up and it gets in front of you. And I think that we have to pull scripture in and put those thoughts in check. So one of the most important things with putting the past in its place is remembering what we read in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess with our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then I love what David says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed transgressions from us. So not only does he forgive, but he forgets. I think a lot of times these sins creep up and we start thinking about these sins in our life and we're like, oh, this, or I did that, or I remember, yeah, but I was once labeled this and people thought of me this way. And I think God's like scratching his head. He's going, what are, we, what are we talking about again? I thought, that stuff's gone. I already wiped that out. I don't even think he can say that stuff's gone. He's like, what are we talking about? He's just confused because he promised us that not only would he forgive us, but he would forget. So I can assure you, if those thoughts are creeping up on you, that's not God. That's not, that is, that is a challenge directly from the enemy. And we have to remember the enemy is real and he wants, he wants to uh, get in our face again. You know, when you look at driving, um, there's a rearview mirror, and you may not know this. I'm going to give you some stats that you probably are never going to care about again. But the rearview mirror is 80% smaller than your windshield. It's pretty small. In my car, it's 90% smaller. So, what would happen if your rearview mirror was 80% bigger than your windshield? What if you spent more time looking at your past instead of what is in front of you and what God has called you to? Man, it'd be dangerous to drive out there, wouldn't it? I think I think people do drive like that in Florida, but. It's, it's definitely something you have to think about. So not only do we have to put the past in its place, but we have to cast our cares on Christ. So my second, the second verse I ever memorized in my life, the first one, of course, is, any takers here? John 3.16, right? The second one for me was 1 Peter 5.7. It's something that has been just a guiding light to myself and my family. And it says, te- uh, Paul tells us to cast all our anxieties on him for he cares for us. We have a lot of weight you know, especially I think as parents, but I think kids do too. So what you guys get to be privy to today is an object lesson. This is one of my favorite object lessons I love to do with my kids because it so easily demonstrates what happens when we choose not to cast our cares on Christ. So I use this luggage up here. I'm not going on a trip. I mean, that would be good, share if you got any ideas. And so what I did is I took this luggage and I started labeling it with problems in life. Maybe you've got some people that are super difficult to deal with. Maybe it's family, maybe it's not. Maybe the job is like really, really a problem for you right now. You're like in a job that you hate and you don't like it and you're having a hard time choosing joy in the midst of your career. Maybe it's money. Nobody has problems with money, right? Everybody's good on money. I figured that. Maybe it's, uh, this is a tough one. Maybe it's marriage. Maybe, the, maybe you feel like the, the fire's gone out and you're struggling. Maybe there's some past sin that's affected marriage. Maybe it's guilt. Maybe something keeps creeping up and reminding you. Maybe someone is helping you remind you. You've got somebody in your life that's, hey, you remember what you did? You remember? And these are people that you need to, right, start pairing them out of your life. So here's what I'll tell you. Here's what we do. When we choose not to care, cast our cares on Christ, this stuff all becomes, you got to see what's happening here, right? This stuff becomes, this all becomes stuff we have to carry. I'm going to cheat on this one. I put a little strap on it because, man, it's just a lot of stuff to carry. So when I'm talking with my kids, I'm like, you guys, you're choosing to carry all this stuff around in your life. You are not meant to carry this stuff. And here's what I'll tell you, regardless of my physique, if you're running a race, 
you're gonna have a very difficult time carrying all this weight around. So Paul tells us to take this and cast it. He says, throw it, throw it down. It's not, it is not meant for you. You have to cast it on him. He doesn't want that to be a burden that is coming from behind and in front of you. The third thing that's really cool is in the very next verse, Peter actually tells us, be alert and of sober mind because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Man, if you're carrying all that stuff, not only is it hard to run a race, but it's gonna be super hard to defend yourself. I'm holding on to all this stuff and I should be spending time in the word. I should be focused on Christ. And instead I'm carrying all these burdens of life that God meant for us to cast on him. Casting these burdens makes it difficult to defend yourself and to run the race that God has marked out before you. We all have a call. There's something in your life that you're called to do, a purpose. We believe everyone here has a purpose and a plan that God has called you to. And throwing your cares down and putting the past in its place is the most important thing I think you can do. If you're struggling with past sin, I would encourage you to read 1 John 1, 9 again and remember what Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians. Take every thought and hold it obedient to Christ. If you've got something that's creeping up on you, you know what the word says. So make sure you're casting it. The best way to leave your worries behind is to press forward. So the next thing we have to do is fix our focus. If I'm pressing forward, I'm fixing my focus, all this junk, it's where, it's where it should be. We put the past in its place. We cast our cares and we let it go. It's no longer a distraction for what God has called us to do. So we have to, we have to fix our focus on Christ. Paul continues in that same scripture we read in verse two, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy that is set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Focus is critical in any race. And I'm gonna tell you guys a little story about a race that took place in 1954. Has anybody ever heard of the Miracle Mile? Anybody? Okay, if you're a runner, uh, how many of you are runners? We got a few runners in here, beach runners, right? So in 1954, physicians believed it was impossible for the human being to break a four-minute mile. Of course, Hussein Bolt has like destroyed that now. But anyway, they thought it was physically impossible for a human to do that. However, in that year, two gentlemen actually beat the four-minute mile and went in the record books. It was John Landy and Roger Bannister. And John Landy and Roger Bannister gained worldwide fame because they had just barely beat the four-minute mile, which they thought no man could do. So Britain decided to have a big game ceremony in Vancouver, Canada. They called it the British Empire Games. And they brought together these two incredible runners and they thought we're gonna pit these runners against each other. Of course, there was a rest of field that wasn't gonna be able to keep up, but you gotta entertain, right? So Roger Bannister and John Landy are lined up on the starting line. If you don't know how a mile race works, it's a quarter mile track with four laps. So John Landy quickly takes off. He had the better four-minute mile um, on record anyway. He was the fastest. He takes off quickly out of the gates, and he led for three and a half laps. On his fourth lap, on the fourth turn, at the last leg of the race, John Landy looks over his left shoulder behind him, and I think we have a picture of this, to see where Roger Bannister was. He looked back. He took his focus off what he was called to. He took his focus off the prize, and Roger Bannister passed him on the right. He didn't even see it. He didn't even know what happened because he took his eyes off the race. So I think in life sometimes when we get distracted and we refocus, we're losing sight of not just our calling, 
but who else could be around us causing us problems, bringing our past in front of us? Now, here's the tragic part of this story. They commemorated this story with a bronze statue. And of course, John Landy is looking over his left shoulder while Roger Bannister is passing him on the right. So I would encourage you, keeping your focus on Christ is critical to the race that we're called to. When we fix our focus on Christ, it's easier to accept forgiveness, to avoid distraction. You know, we talked about this idea, man, I'm focused on Christ. I'm focused on what he's called me to do. I know I have a plan. This stuff is not even in the playing field. It helps you keep moving forward into the plan that he has for you. Um, I would also tell you one of my favorite quotes says that life is not a race against others. Don't waste your time and energy comparing and worrying about who's ahead of you, who's behind you. Focus on being better than you were yesterday. I always say our, our pursuit of perfection in Christ, the pursuit is what's more important. Perfection is great and that's what we strive for, but our pursuit is a daily thing. The third thing I would tell you this morning is we have to endure the race. So we have to put the past in its place, fix our focus, and we have to endure the race that we've been called to. In Hebrews 12, 2, Paul tells us how to do this. He reminds us of the joy set before Christ when he endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Your race is not gonna go unchallenged. People are gonna step into your life. They're gonna throw your past in front of you. You're gonna have struggles. And Paul tells us that in those times to endure, we have to consider him. Well, how do we consider him? Well, maybe we should be spending time in the word. Maybe we should be praying. Maybe we should be listening to worship music. You know, I think about the health of the church that we're focused on this year. And TJ's challenge for us was 15 minutes in the word, five minutes of prayer, five minutes of worship. When you're finding yourself challenged, when you're finding yourself weary, torn down, broken in the race, focus, consider on him. Paul tells us that we should consider him. Maybe that means fixing our focus. Maybe we should consider the truth of the gospel, the character of God, the sacrifice that Jesus endured. Consider all that Christ endured, his everlasting love. Just as he endured, we too can endure the trials that we face and not quit. I'm reminded of what James tells us in James 1, 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may mature and complete, not lacking anything. When you finish a race, there's a certain amount of joy that overcomes you. You know, when John Landy and Roger Bannister finished the race, Roger Bannister literally fell into the arms of his trainers. And he got up and he's, the first thing he wanted to do is run to John Landy and congratulate each other. There's a certain amount of joy that we feel when we complete a race, when we complete a challenge, when we persevere. And that joy is designed to carry us to help us move into the next challenge that God has for us. That uplifting spirit that you get is how God wants you to feel at every challenge. And remember, joy is something that we choose. It's not a feeling. You're gonna come out of it hurt. I mean, there's gonna be times that are gonna be a struggle, but we choose joy. And we remember the joy that Christ chose, even though he had to suffer. He knew what it was for, and it was for us. The joy that's created upon completing the race helps you face your challenges ahead in life. He endured for you and me 
And now he asks us to run in a similar way, enduring for him. So I'd like to ask everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes and just think about some thoughts this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you're weary, you're broken. Maybe you're tired of the race that you've been running. Maybe you've lost your focus. Maybe you've lost sight of Christ in your day-to-day journey and you're running without any focus. Could be because the past is haunting you or you're letting things creep up in front of you that are supposed to be behind you. Maybe you're running the wrong race. Maybe you're in the rat race of life where all you're doing is pursuing things and you realize there's not any satisfaction there. Maybe you just need to be refreshed to face the next challenge. Maybe you haven't even entered the race. You know you're called to be a follower of Christ, but you haven't taken that step to accept him as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you feel the past has disqualified you. Maybe you feel unworthy. Something's creeped up in your past that's made you feel like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not even qualified for this race because of a past sin in my life. I'd like to pray with you this morning. So with every head and every eyes, eyes closed, if you would raise your hand on the count of three, I'd love to pray for you if you've never received Christ. And I also wanna pray with you if maybe you just need that refreshing, maybe you need that uplifting spirit. Maybe you need to know that, hey, I'm not disqualified. I'm not unworthy because there's a God up there who sent his son to die for you. Don't leave here today without letting us pray with you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you just go ahead and raise your hand on the count of three for me. One, two, three. I see your hand, I see those hands. Three, four, five. Let's all pray together. God, we thank you for loving me so much that you would send your one and only son to pay the ultimate price for me. I ask you to forgive me of my past, change my present and secure my future. Come into my heart and take over my life. I surrender my will, my way. I declare you as the Lord of my life. God, fill me with your love, your passion, your joy, and your peace. God, I pray for your kindness and goodness to guide me. Help me to follow you. Lord, if we need refreshed, I just pray that you would come upon everyone here that needs that uplifting that maybe they lack right now. Lord, I pray you'd move on their hearts, that you'd encourage them, that you'd help them remember how worthy they are. Lord, for those of us carrying burdens, help us cast those burdens on you so that you can carry us forward in the race, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen. If that was you and you asked God to be the Lord of your life this morning, maybe for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time, we'd like to pray with you this morning. Um, And can we also just give a big hand of you all who made that decision? It's an awesome decision. But don't leave here without prayer. Right over here at our hub, to my right, your left, we've got some amazing people who would love to pray with you. So don't start this new journey alone. And amazing, just thank you for coming today. Thank you for being here on just, I know it's a busy holiday weekend and there's a million things you guys could have chosen to do, but you chose to be here. So I know God had something for each and every one of you. So thanks for being here and have a great rest of your holiday weekend. Everything else fades.